0: This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation.
1: I got an amazing product for my kings and queens who love some cannabis. I enjoy the occasional joint once in a while. And if you want to maintain the flower that you're buying, this is the product for you. Integra Specialty Products brings you plant-based solutions for top-tier cannabis storage and packaging with two-way humidity control packs. Ensure the freshness, potency, and quality of your cannabis with boosts, plant-based solutions that only puts in pure water vapor into your dried-out buds. It's ideal for flower, pre-rolls, and edibles. They offer a harmonious balance of convenience and freshness. For more information, check them out at www.integra. Boost.com or at Integra Herbal on Instagram. Use code LOWLIFE at checkout for 15% off your next purchase online at www.integraboost.com.
2: We keep it moving,
1: Hola, bienvenidos, buongiorno, mis amigos. Welcome one and all. Welcome, mi gente, to a brand spanking new episode of the Low Life Podcast. I'm your flaming hot and spicy, seasonally depressed, white wine drinking, talky finger licking, iced coffee sipping, target overspending, hot mess of a host, Lorenzo Von Rumpf. I am so happy to be here with you today. This is my safe space. This is where I can go to just let it all hang out. That's literally what I'm doing right now. I'm sitting here in my chonies, in my underwear, got a sweater on, candles around me, a white sage candle I got from some cute little witch-looking shop in downtown LA, and I have my crystals here, and I'm just feeling really good in this moment. I'm so happy to be here with you. This is a highlight of my week, getting to hang out here at the Low Life Podcast. I hope you're having a beautiful day, a great week so far. But if you're in a weird headspace right now, a lot of people are struggling this time of year. That seasonal depression starts to kick in. We're going into the holiday season and people get in a weird headspace, myself included sometimes. Like, I get it. And so if you're really going through it or you just feel off right now or you're just struggling mental health-wise, don't you worry, boo-boo. Don't you fret. You are here for a reason. You have come to the right place. And we're about to turn that frown upside down, baby. We got a great episode in store for you today. Oh, I love this week's guest because this is one of those episodes that's jam-packed with so much useful information. And we're talking about diet and exercise. And I know this particular guest we have, it's not cheap if you want a one-on-one consult with her. Like you got to pay up. And so you don't got to pay for that shit today, baby. We're getting all the information from her. (laughs) And so this is a really good jam-packed informational Episode. But before we get into this week's very special guest, let's talk about mental health. Nobody asked, but my mental health score this week on a scale of one to 10, one being bottom of the barrel, just feeling like complete shit, 5150, my ass. 10 is euphoric bliss. You're on a resort, sipping a pina colada, feeling like you're on top of the world. I'm definitely not a solid 10. I'm not bottom of the barrel either. I'm going to rate my mental health this week a solid 10. out of 10. I'm feeling okay. Not incredible, but just good. Uh, Coasting. I'm on cruise control mental health-wise right now because I've had a bit of a rocky week emotionally. I've been going through it with some friends, and it's exhausting. And so when stuff like that happens, and I'm also not really sleeping that well, so I need to work on that. But there's so many factors That impact our mental health. And it's the most important thing, our mental health. And so I'm realizing what I eat, if I'm sleeping, who I'm surrounding myself with, if I'm getting things done, if I'm working out, exercising, moving my body, what I'm consuming, listening to visually and what I'm hearing, all of those things really do play a part in the big picture of your mental health there's small little things that end up making a big difference they could make or break you boo and so right now i'm just focused on taking care of myself that's why i'm so happy we're doing this 90 day low life reset challenge oh it started under the harvest moon we are i don't know what day we're into it now day 68 i believe God, 2024 is coming up. And so if you'd like to join the Low Life Reset Challenge, it's just an opportunity for you to hold yourself accountable with a group of people in our cult (laughs) who are wanting to better themselves too. Whether it's you want to lose some LBs, want to drop some pounds, or you want to eat healthier, or you just want to really work on yourself and just make some commitments to put yourself first. This is the perfect opportunity to do that, babe. And there is a link in the description of this episode. Please join the Low Life Facebook group. Check out the Instagram for the Low Life Podcast because that's where we're able to share ideas and share our commitments and hold each other accountable. And so check it out. There's a link in the description of this episode on Apple Podcast. Today we celebrate Dia de los Muertos. Oh, I love Dia de los Muertos. I'm so excited to celebrate with my family tonight. Here's the thing. For those of you who aren't familiar with celebrating Dia de los Muertos, it's a beautiful holiday celebrated by Mexicanos. The Mexicans love their Dia de los Muertos. And when it comes to this particular holiday, this is a beautiful one and it's fun to celebrate. And I had a couple friends who don't celebrate it, but they're like, you're going to go out tonight and get hammered? <laughs> Like, gonna get all f***ed up for Dia de los Muertos, slow. And I get why they're saying that, like, because of course there's gonna be margaritas and stuff tonight, but it's not necessarily like the type of holiday where you wanna get f***ed up. <laughs> it's not like a Mardi Gras vibe or Cinco de Mayo. It's, well, we don't even celebrate Cinco de Mayo, Mexicanos and so. <laughs> but I get what they're saying, like having a good time. And yes, I will be having a margarita or two. I'll be enjoying some delicious food with mi familia. But this particular holiday... Although it is a time to celebrate, it's also a time to reflect. It's more of a somber holiday because we're remembering and honoring the people we've lost in our lives, our loved ones, and so It's bittersweet. Yes, I get to see my family and I can't wait to eat all the amazing food. Queen is throwing it down in the kitchen. She's making pozole and arroz con pollo and frijoles de la olla. And my dad's going to grill up some pollo asado. And so we have delicious food happening and we have some music and of course, we're all going to be laughing and having a good time. But also we're reflecting and looking at pictures and videos and telling stories and remembering the ones that we don't have in our life anymore. And unfortunately for my family, we have experienced a lot of loss, way too much loss this early on. Uh, We shouldn't have lost several of the family members that we have. And so it makes me really sad and it breaks my heart that we've lost people far too soon. Uh, But at the same time, it's really united our family. What we have left of our family, we're really tight knit and it's it's a beautiful bond that we have. And I know with death, It can do one of two things that either unites a family or completely breaks it apart. For most families, it's the latter. It breaks them apart. And so I'm really fortunate that we've trauma bonded as a family (laughs) and just pulled ourselves together. And yeah, I'm really fortunate to have my family. They're everything to me. And so I'm looking forward to celebrating tonight with them and and having some margaritas and, and just remembering those who have passed away. Holidays like Dia de los Muertos are really special because not only is it a time to remember those who have passed away and reflect... Today is also a reminder that life is just too damn short. It's so fragile. And so sometimes I'll be holding on to some resentment, or I'm feeling angry, or I get worked up over something, or I start to overprocess, overanalyze, or maybe I'm holding a grudge or just not letting something go that I should actually just let go of. It's not doing me any favors. I think to myself, in a week from now, a month, a year from now, is this going to matter? Should I hold on to this feeling of angst right now? Does it matter in the big picture of life? No, most of the time it really doesn't. I love to check myself on days like this and remember to let shit go. Remember that it's not personal. Sometimes if someone is being rude to you or you have a friend that's a bit dismissive or you could be dealing with some sort of drama in your life... There's a 99% chance it actually has nothing to actually do with you. So please don't take it personal, and I say that out loud because I'm reminding myself of that as well. <laughs> Just to not take things too personal. I had a friend who was a bit shitty to me recently, and I was affected by it, but at the same time I had to realize, "Oh wait, they're going through something on their own end, whether it be trauma, drama, they're dealing with something. And so they're projecting that onto me. So I don't need to carry that burden for them. I don't need to carry that anger, angst, or feel upset. I don't need to let it affect me. So I'm going to choose to remove myself from it, give them a little bit of grace, give them some space and do me. And so again, it's just a nice reminder on days like Dia de los Muertos, specific holidays, where you have to remind yourself that life is very fragile and so short and and not to take things too personal. Don't sweat the small stuff. My challenge this week is to reach out to somebody in your contact list, someone that you're friends with that you might have lost touch with. It's been a couple weeks, couple months, a year or two. Reach out to that person and just let them know, hey, I'm just thinking about you. Wanted to let you know you're on my mind. You're in my thoughts and I care about you or I love you. Send them a little note, a little text message. It could also be a family member that you haven't connected with in a while but I guarantee you it's going to impact that person in a very positive way, more than you'd even realize. And I just say that based on my own experience because I just did that to someone because I was thinking about them and we kind of lost touch and there's no bad blood. I just you know, life happens and we all have shit going on in our lives and we just lost contact with each other. And so it was nice to reach out. It was the perfect time to reach out to that person because they were actually really going through it and really needed that like gentle reminder that you got a friend here and I love you. And so it was a special moment. So I encourage you to do the same thing because you could end up really impacting someone and and making someone's day, which is awesome. I'm going to be heading to Orange County later today to celebrate Dia de los Muertos with mi familia. But before I go to Orange County, I'm going to go do a little workout, get a little cardio in, and I have a question for my low lifers because I feel like this is a controversial thing for people (laughs) or people get weirded out by it, but I love a good cemetery workout. I've talked about it on this podcast before, but it is one of my favorite things to do. I've been going to the cemetery for years. I love it, and I know people are creeped out by it. (laughs) They think I'm a total weirdo. I've invited a couple friends to go with me. And one of my friends was like, I'm not going to the cemetery. That is so creepy, low. You are so weird for doing that. But here's the thing. With cemeteries here in LA, maybe they're different in other parts of the United States or parts of the world. It just depends on where you're at, I guess. But here in LA specifically, the cemeteries hit different, boo. They really do. The cemeteries here The ones that I've gone to, they're absolutely beautiful, and they're massive, like eight football fields. I mean, it's just acres and acres of land with grass and trees, and it's a cemetery. Yeah, there's tombs and and graves everywhere— But there's also a lot of wildlife. And so it feels kind of like a wildlife sanctuary. (laughs) And so when I've gone to the cemetery, like today, I bring carrots with me. I'm going to feed some deer. I see coyotes. I see mountain lions. There's rare birds. It's absolutely beautiful. And I feel just really in touch with nature. But my question for you this week is, are you down to go to a cemetery? (laughs) Do you get creeped out with cemeteries? Do you like them? Do you love going? Some people are into it. I think more people aren't. But I could be wrong. I personally love them, though. And I started going during the pandemic. And the reason why was because everything in L.A. was shut down. Even the nature trails, parks, beaches. We couldn't do shit during lockdown. And so I needed to find a place to get some sun and see some trees and green And the city of Los Angeles had everything shut down, but they forgot about the cemeteries. They didn't think people would be going to the cemeteries. And so (laughs) that's where I was hanging out and there was nobody there and it was amazing. And so I brought my little Beats pill. I'd be doing my burpees, squats, lunges, getting a good walk-in, some cardio. Oh, it's so peaceful. It's relaxing. It's my safe space. I freaking love a cemetery. So I'm just curious if you're down for a cemetery walk or run. I know people get creeped out because they think of all the dead bodies there, (laughs) which I get that. That's fair. But for some reason, for me, when I'm walking through the cemetery, I feel like I'm protected by all these spirits. I feel like they're excited or happy for me to be there. They're like, oh, wow, someone's here. (laughs) Because some of these graves, you could tell that nobody's visited them for over 40 years. And so it's nice for me to pop in and and say hello. (laughs) And I feel like I got all my spirits guiding me through the day. One of them could be Michael Jackson. Oh yes, I'm working out at Michael Jackson's tomb. I love it. I'm doing burpees and squats right outside of his tomb. (laughs) There's also Judy Garland. I mean, there's so many stars that are buried, these iconic figures of Hollywood and entertainment that are buried at the cemetery that I go to. And so I absolutely love it. And so I'm definitely going today, but I was just curious if that's something you would be into or if you find it a bit creepy. Let me know in the review section of Apple (laughs) Podcasts. Alright, so let's get into this week's episode. When it comes to this guest, I know not everybody has the money right now to spend. That liquid cash to spend on hiring a personal nutritionist, it could cost up to thousands of dollars, which I will say is worth the money. I mean, this is an investment essentially into your health for the future, and so I understand it's not cheap, but it's so worth spending the money for a nutritionist to have someone on call 24/7 to help you with your diet, exercise, your meal planning, all of that. Like there's so much that goes into it. And so I get that not everyone is in that position right now to drop that kind of dinero, spend that kind of money. And so that's why I was like, "You know what? I'm going to ask all the questions for you." I left nothing unsaid. I had so much to ask her. I really wanted to dive in. I talked to her about diet, exercise, calories, deficits, how to lose weight the proper way. And so we are all over the board when it comes to health, specifically diet, nutrition, exercise in this podcast. And it's a two parter. But I wanted to ask her, like, what are the good carbs to eat? What are the bad carbs? Also, there's a lot of products out there. And so I love that she debunked so many things that I was subscribing to. <laughs> like, for example, super green powders. There's so many different green powders out there and I, I love me a super green powder. I use one like every day. And so she had some very strong opinions about super green powders that is actually really beneficial for me to know. I was like, okay, duly noted. Thank you for that. <laughs> I was a little bit triggered in this convo, but I'm glad that she told me the information I need to hear because I rather know than be in the dark, and I'm sure you feel the same way. you know like I want to know what's going on with the food that I'm eating. I want to know what I'm putting into my body. If I could make better choices if I'm making mistakes, like I'd like to know those things because I want to feel better and I want to put healthy things into my body and, and give myself a fighting chance here. A lot of times when talking to a nutritionist, a dietitian, someone who specializes in this particular field, we talk so much about the nutrition and the food that we should be eating, but I also wanted to ask her, when should we be eating these things? Some people say breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Other people say, skip the breakfast. You should fast. Take a break and don't eat until like noon or do intuitive eating and just eat whenever you feel like eating, whenever your body is telling you, which is typically what I do. It's just if I'm hungry, I'm gonna eat. If I'm not, then I'm just gonna sit that one out. And so I'm not a big breakfast person, but I used to be. And so I wanted to ask her. What is the best meal of the day? When should we be eating? How should we be eating in the mornings? How does she feel about smoothies? And so she shared some really good smoothie recipes. She also did a breakdown of what we should be eating, what times to eat it that would be the most beneficial for our bodies. And and every person is different depending on your metabolism and where you're at in your health journey. But this is some really good staple, just general advice to help you, just give you a North Star direction. That's the best way to put it. This is a North Star Guiding Light episode when it comes to your health journey. I love this conversation with her. There are so many great takeaways from it. She's super down to earth, very relatable. I love that she's just a straight shooter, no bullshit. She shoots me straight with no chaser. That's how we like it here at the Low Life Podcast. And so I got a lot of great information from this one. And I'm so happy that you're here to enjoy this episode too. You are here for a reason, boo. I love this episode. This conversation is great. It's going to be a two-parter. She'll be back next week to answer more questions from the Low Lifers. I am so happy you're here for this episode. You are in for a treat. You will not be disappointed. So without further ado, let's jump into this week's very special episode, 90-Day Low Life Reset Challenge with dietitian Lauren Hubert. Hit it. Let's get into it. I'm so happy to have you here, Queen. Welcome to the Low Life Podcast. Welcome to Los Angeles. You're month three here. Yes. How do you like it so far?
2: I love LA. People tend to say to me, especially from out of state, like, oh, LA people are mean. People aren't genuine. I'm like, people say hi to me in my elevator. That never happened to me in Boston. Wait, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh, no.
1: Oh, well, yeah, no one... I- no one says hi to me in my elevator here. Wait, whereabouts are you in Los Angeles? So
2: I'm in Brentwood. Is that why?
1: May- oh, you know, I mean, Brentwood's beautiful.
2: Yeah, it's maybe more- people are like nicer there. I yeah, don't know.
1: nicer. They're rich and happy, and <laughs> Brentwood's a gorgeous area. Sure. Maybe it's, there's more fam- Is it more families in your? Are you in a condo apartment? So
2: I, I'm in a high rise. Okay. And I mean, definitely some people don't say hi, but like, I mean, people smile at you in Boston. My neighbor for a year and a half didn't even look me in the eye. So. Oh. Point is, people in LA can be nice, let me tell you. Thank you
1: for that. Yeah, I'm born and raised here. Well, from Orange County, but I moved to LA when I was like all of 16. I've been coming here since I was a little baby. But I would say people aren't that friendly here but compared to like the East Coast and other places, I feel like they actually are. People yeah. are happier here. I will say that.
2: Yes, happier with the sunlight. I lived in Florida before in Florida and LA give me very similar vibes. I know you're shocked when I say that. I'm looking at I you in the face right now. I hate it. And <laughs> I mean, Florida people, there's definitely, I mean, Miami is different than like Central Florida, middle of nowhere, right? But I don't know, LA people, I can understand sometimes like the fakiness, right? Yeah. And like- some of the superficiality, but I also think there's a, a big portion of LA that's very spiritual and emotionally intelligent. And
1: everyone's going to therapy.
2: Everyone's going to therapy. And i feel working like in, out. In Boston and the Northeast, I mean, we all need to go to therapy there, let me tell you, with the seasonal depression, but but yes. a lot of people aren't doing it.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. Well, speaking of therapy, let's talk about mental health, Queen. How are you <laughs> feeling this week? On a scale of one to 10, uh, one is 5150, your ass. You're struggling. <laughs> You're not in a good headspace. 10 is, I've never felt better, your honeymoon phase.
2: Oh, gosh. I feel like I'm going to give myself a nine. Wow. I know. That's really hot. (laughs) You're so proud. I'm very proud. So one, I turned 30 on Sunday. (gasps) Happy birthday, queen. Which is so crazy. Wait, are you Scorpio? I'm a Libra.
1: A Libra, a balanced queen. I'm
2: very, very balanced, but also Libras are very... Libras, if you know any Libras, we're really sometimes not like controlling, but maybe a little controlling or like perfectionist, right? So yeah. definitely mental health can be a struggle at times, but for myself, I'm a nine right now.
1: Oh, that's amazing. Yeah,
2: I'm a nine.
1: Okay, great. We're going to celebrate that <laughs> it right until the wheels fall off and it could change at any moment. That's the thing about mental health. Yes. A nine in this moment right now, Maybe in a few hours by the end of this podcast, you're like, I'm a six, or yeah.
2: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and I don't know. I don't know if other people felt this way. And I'm actually not usually a birthday person as much as like I like podcasts and you know, public speaking and things like that. I but actually, when you say you're
1: not a birthday person, like you don't like to celebrate yours.
2: Yeah, I don't like to celebrate it. I don't like the attention. It feels too much when like so many people are reaching out to you at once and like you feel like you have to do something for your birthday. And I, I don't know, it kind of is overwhelming at times for me and I'm a little bit of a hermit, so maybe that's why. But yeah. I, I, I don't know, going into my 30s, I'm like excited about it. I don't know why yeah. I feel at peace. I feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So maybe that's why I'm a nine.
1: I love it. Right now, mental health wise, I'm feeling pretty good too. I'm going to rate myself a solid, I'm going to go with like an 8.8. Not quite a nine, but like almost there. I'm feeling pretty damn good too. And I'm happy to have you here because when it comes to diet, nutrition, exercise, specifically diet what people are eating- It's a controversial, controversial topic. And it's very triggering for people because Mm -hmm. a lot of disordered eating exists in the world, especially with my queens out there. A lot of people are going through it. And so it's sometimes a tough conversation to have, but it's important to talk about it. And I want to have this conversation with you about diet and weight loss specifically, which trigger words, weight loss. But you also have a master's in... You said your master's in what again?
2: My master's is in clinical nutrition. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's a mouthful.
1: Yeah. But no, that's great. And so yeah. you're the one to talk to about this. You've built this incredible following. You're an entrepreneur. You're a business owner. You just turned 30, but you've done so much. You're a little go-getter. You're a little perfectionistic <laughs> go-getter. We love it.
2: Dietitians are always perfectionists. They
1: are, yes. <laughs> and so a little bit about you getting into this space. When you were in school, is that when you were struggling with your diet and that's when you kind of had this coming to Jesus moment.
2: Yes. And oh my goodness, it was a coming to Jesus moment. So I played competitive sports growing up. I went to college. I actually went to Florida State before doing my master's and it was there I gained 20 pounds my freshman year. When I gained this 20 pounds, I did all of the things I'm sure many of the people listening to this podcast right now probably are doing to lose weight. I'm talking being a vegetarian, but a very unhealthy vegetarian. One that eats like a thousand calories a day, feels like they can't go out to eat, using food to like control everything. And long story short, I ended up running like six or seven miles a day, like really ridiculous things to lose weight. And it was from that, yes, I lost the weight, but I also lost a huge part of my mental health and happiness. And I was going to school at Florida fricking state, that's a party school. If you guys don't know, it's fun. It's like-
1: Were you living it up? I was
2: living it up. That was the time of my life. But I let food really- really control me. And at at the end of the day, at my lowest weight, I actually wasn't even my hottest and healthiest and most confident self. I always say that to people. So it was from that that inspired me to actually change my degree from business to dietetics um, where I studied nutrition in my undergrad, then went on to do my master's. I needed more time. I feel like to sift through a lot of my emotional stuff with food. Um, Plus wanted to get more higher education and and just kind of seal the deal, put it that way. Sure, And that's what eventually led to all of this.
1: Okay. So you've on this journey for a while now through school and now into your adult life. Uh, When it comes to dieting, I would love to hear your take on weight loss. A lot of people say you need the good old fashioned recipe of just a calorie deficit.
2: I love that you're saying that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So what you're putting in to what you're putting out, just the ratio, what you're going to expel energy-wise, your caloric intake, that's how you lose weight. That's what I've always been told. And I think that's pretty mainstream what everyone kind of goes with. Yeah. Is that what you follow? Is that what you subscribe to, that idea?
2: Yeah, so the way I like to talk about nutrition is there are different diet camps, there are different diet opinions, and there are obviously some things that will work better for certain people for certain reasons, for a whole variety of reasons. However, at the end of the day, there are like core pillars of nutrition that I call them like non-negotiables. A calorie deficit, you can't lose weight regardless of what dietary camp you follow in unless you eat less than what you burn. But when it comes to calories, not all calories are created equal. Yes, a calorie is a unit of energy, but what you get your calories through, aka your food choices, is gonna impact your health. It's gonna impact how full you get. It's gonna impact your body composition. It also is gonna impact like how flexible and fun your diet is, um, depending on what you're eating. So I like to kind of blend both Yes, a calorie deficit, but also with understanding what you should be eating because Mm -hmm. also a lot of mistakes that many young women make like myself is you'll just try to eat less and move more, but eating less doesn't guarantee you're eating right because we don't want to be in a big calorie deficit. We're actually going to lose more muscle mass. We're going to slow down our metabolic rate. And that actually is honestly really bad for us when you really think about it at the end of the day. Oh, shit. Yeah.
1: Okay. We've got to be really careful. And that applies to men and women.
2: Men and women. Yes. The same principles apply. I mostly work with women, but I must say, actually, I I do have some men that do follow me and they use my tips. Then they message me like, Hey, I lost the weight. Yes. It does work for both men and women. Oh,
1: that's awesome. So we have to be eating the right types of food. Yes. Yes. Okay. So let's talk about the food that we should be eating. So we could lose weight, but we're not starving ourselves. Yes. I don't want to starve myself. I don't want to be sacrificing.
2: No one wants to be hungry. I mean, I've never met anyone that wants to feel flippin' hungry all the damn time. And I also think when you're thinking about becoming the most successful version of yourself, that boss bitch version of yourself, you can't be hungry trying to crush the world and achieve your goals too. Um, So I love that you mentioned the starving thing because I know some people use that as like, oh, I'm doing a good job if I'm being hungry. But the goal with weight loss is to be losing weight each week without being flippin' hungry all the damn time.
1: Okay. Okay. So to get to that point, I've always kind of subscribed to a Mediterranean diet. I like bright fruits and vegetables. I do believe in intuitive eating. I love that. When I'm hungry, I feed myself. I try not to eat past a certain hour just because just digestion wise. Yeah. That's just, I'm just going to break down what I do. Not that I figured it out, <laughs> but like I have, I, I have you here. <laughs> and so then you'd be like, mm, maybe change that or do that or whatever, or do something different. But I love a Mediterranean diet. If it's bright and colorful, and and it's from the earth that I'm going to eat it because <laughs> Flaming Hot Cheetos are one of my favorite things and they're oh also <laughs> bright and so colorful, but I don't f- with those because I know, well, sometimes I do, but I just know we had to be really careful.
2: Yeah.
1: And so I, I subscribe to that diet, Mediterranean, that's been helping me so far. And then I don't eat past a certain hour. I try to cut off food around like seven o'clock. Um, I'm not a big breakfast person. And so that's the first thing I want to start off talking to you about breakfast. I have heard so many different influencers, nutritionists, dietitians, medical experts talking about the importance of starting your day off with a good meal, having a strong breakfast and setting your day. There's the concept of eating like a king in the morning, a prince at lunch and oh, a pauper yes. at dinner. People
2: love to say that. Yes. So, I've heard that.
1: And I guess the connotation with that is eat a good hearty breakfast, taper it off and eat like a prince. And then by the end of the night, you're eating like a servant, like a... What is it, a popper? Whatever the <laughs> f- that is. And so I don't like that. But that's, again, a big thing that people like to follow, that philosophy. Yeah. And so I want to talk to you about breakfast. Is it the most important meal of the day or is this just a big marketing scheme to f*** over <sighs> America?
2: I, you're going to be surprised. I actually don't. I mean, breakfast is important, but I don't consider it like the most important meal of the day.
1: I'm not surprised by that. I don't either. So I love to hear it.
2: So I think people try to like overhype things in nutrition. Like you got to do this one thing because this is the thing that's holding you back. It's like, it's really the big picture. So It's funny you mentioned like the popper at the end of the day. I actually prefer eating most of my calories at dinner. I have a smaller breakfast in the morning. Whereas I think for other people, they might have a bigger breakfast and definitely you can get full from it and that can help you. But overall, you have to find a way of eating you can stick to that is going to hit your calories. That's going to be most important for weight loss. So if you skip breakfast, you have a small lunch. I give a classic example actually on social media where breakfast is a black coffee. You have like this little maybe small small snack from Starbucks on your way to work or running around LA or wherever you're at. A
1: little piece of pumpkin loaf.
2: Little little (laughs) pumpkin (laughs) loaf,
1: yes. (laughs) Probably, I mean, that's not the healthiest, but it's so damn
2: good. But it's like little, right? Think of like the volume of food, right guys? Yes. And then you have like this little salad for lunch. I'm not talking like a sweet green salad. Like it's a small little salad. There's no protein on it. Like a side salad vibe? Like a side salad vibe, yes. Boring. Then then what happens at the end of the day? You literally binge eat all of your calories starting at like 3 p.m. and you're losing control. That's why I do believe breakfast can be really important, especially when you eat the right type of breakfast that packs protein, that packs fiber, that packs all of that beautiful color you're describing. But when people are like, you have to eat breakfast. I mean, there are some days I literally don't eat breakfast because I'm not hungry. And, you know, I follow that more like mindful eating, intuitive eating vibe that you're suggesting as well. And I I think that's really important. But yeah, you have to find what works for you. I do say... I find a lot of men, including my husband, because I, I feel like I get a real glimpse into the male diet with him and some of his friends. Is
1: he pretty fit and like strict about his he, diet? Yeah,
2: he tries to be healthy. You know, he obviously is very similar to me, like wants to live a healthy life, going to the gym's important. But I do find men do better skipping breakfast than women. I don't have any research to back this up, but I do find men in general, my male clients that I've had, tend to do a little better sticking to their diet when they skip breakfast versus I find women tend to overeat later in the day. That's just based on what I see.
1: Yeah, got it. Let's talk about the dream breakfast and smoothies. Yeah. Because I, again, when it comes to smoothies, I love sucking down a meal from a straw. (laughs) It's (laughs) It's great. You do. <laughs> it's easy. I can pack all the protein in there. But a lot of people I've heard, again, there's so much shit online. But a lot of people say that uh, these experts, these nutrition experts, are saying that it's actually not healthy to have smoothies because you're putting way too much sugar. Like you shouldn't have two bananas. Three, whatever, I don't know, whatever you're packing (laughs) in the smoothie. Like you can throw a lot of shit in there.
2: You can. And so
1: you have to be careful because sometimes you're going to have way too much sugar, or I don't know, just it's way too many calories, way too much whatever. And your body's not equipped to digest that. It's actually going to do more harm than good. So I'd love to talk to you about smoothies, your thoughts on them, the perfect type of smoothie to have, when we should be having them lay it out.
2: Oh my gosh. Well, I love smoothies. No smoothie slander. Okay. <laughs> no, no more. Um, I will say it's actually funny. A couple weeks ago, or maybe it was a week ago, I had a, a video on TikTok go viral and it's because whenever I mention acai bowls, it's like a trigger word on the internet. Oh really? Um,
1: acai- oh, I love that. Yeah.
2: Them. Yeah. They're so good. But I was making fun of, I forget because I did a whole series on it, but basically like an acai bowl, like we'll have a 700 calorie acai bowl with 70 grams of sugar, but we won't have something else. And what I was Got really it. getting at with that and whenever I do food comparison it, it, comparisons, it's more about like the issues with the dieting industry and how like we'll say something is bad, but then promote something else that could actually be lower calorie than what we're even describing. And it's all about awareness and education. So long story short, smoothies, I love them, but it depends on what's in your smoothie. If you're having a smoothie that, I mean, sometimes those Smoothie King smoothies that add juice plus all the fruit, plus, you know, a lot of different things. Scoop and, of
1: ice cream. Scoop of ice cream.
2: <laughs> Literally, wait, there is ice cream in their smoothies. Like what? they add frozen yogurt to some of them.
1: Oh, I love it. But it's
2: not the healthier frozen it's the frozen yogurt that has a lot of sugar in it.
1: Got it. Uh, it's not like Greek frozen yogurt. It,
2: no, it's not Greek frozen yogurt. It's not plain, let's put it that way. Got it. But then you don't have protein, you might not have any fat in it, which protein and fat are really important for impeding the blood sugar spike that happens when you have carbohydrates, especially sugars. Then you're having it in a straw so it's broken down, so you don't have to like break it down as much in your digestive system. Long, okay. long story short, not all smoothies are created equal. Cause you could pack, yes, a thousand calories, a hundred grams of sugar in something like that. I've seen like some this. of the
1: ones that like, I don't go to Jamba Juice, but I used to. Oh,
2: Jamba Juice is, yeah. And difficult. I was like,
1: oh shit. There was like one smoothie I saw it. it was like 1300 calories. I was like, that's a lot going on. It was like the peanut (laughs) peanut butter and chocolate, whatever. And when you add certain things to it, like the caloric intake goes up and so does the sugar. And so not the best option. So what is the best type of smoothie that we should be having? If someone's wanting to have like a very healthy, nutritious smoothie that tastes good. What are we putting in it? Like, what's your dream smoothie looking like?
2: Yeah. So actually yesterday I went and got a smoothie at a place in LA. No, it wasn't Erwan guys. Um, <laughs> which they don't post nutrition facts. That's my issue with Erwan. Cause I'm like- They I, don't? No. Cause I actually, I literally try to look it up for my clients, especially mm-hmm. that are like calorie tracking and like trying to understand what they're consuming. And I can put the pieces together and like try to guesstimate, but they literally don't have the nutrition facts. It makes my job harder.
1: That's weird. Considering you're spending like 30 bucks for a smoothie. yeah. Let me know what the hell I'm sucking down.
2: Yes, I have no idea what we're sucking on. Huh. But for a smoothie, if you're wanting like a breakfast, like a meal smoothie. Yeah, I want.
1: I, I want the breakdown of a meal smoothie, yes. meal replacement smoothie,
2: meal replacement smoothie. Because um, snack smoothies, we want maybe like 150, 200 calories, and it all depends on what your budget is. But I'd say anywhere between 400 to 600 calories is reasonable for most people if it's replacing a meal. And I say that because I know a lot of women listening to this might be like, "Wow, you're telling me I can eat 400 calories for a meal." And so many women try to eat like 200, 100 calories for a meal when they're trying to lose weight. But you actually, I mean, you have a lot of calorie money to play with. That's a different conversation. Anyway, a good smoothie, I mean, you could do, it's like pumpkin spice season here. So you could do banana with a little bit of like canned pumpkin. You can get it like Trader Joe's or really any store. You could do a scoop of protein powder. You could do vegetarian, like vegan-friendly protein powder. You could do whey protein. I think vanilla would be good with that flavor. You could do almond milk, a little bit dash of cinnamon or pumpkin spice powder. Um, And that could be super balanced and healthy. And then if you want like a little fat with it, I wouldn't say like Peanut butter would taste good with it, but maybe like a little bit of almond butter. I feel like that fits that vibe for that smoothie. Okay. And so that's a lot of the vibes of of what I would recommend a client. Do
1: you throw any spinach in there?
2: You could. I put spinach in everything. Yeah. Just because it's
1: just so easy. I'm like, just (laughs) throw a scoop in there. You know, it gives it some color and it doesn't have much taste. And so I feel like I'm getting some sort of a veggie in my system. But I like that smoothie recipe. Okay. So that would be a good meal replacement smoothie. Yes. And then for a smoothie that you just want because you have a low blood sugar moment Mm -hmm. and you need something to kind of quench your hunger or something, would you recommend what more on the lighter side? What's that looking like?
2: Yeah. So maybe on the lighter side, and it really depends on your portions. I mean, sometimes I'll have a little bit of banana, almond butter, and peanut butter and spinach actually, and maybe I don't add the protein powder, or instead of like a full scoop of protein powder that packs like 20 grams, for instance, maybe I'm just doing a little bit of peanut butter, which isn't going to pack as much protein and has a lot more fat. You just kind of divvy up where you want to spend your calorie money and stuff throughout the day. But yeah. I actually have that as a snack quite often. Oh,
1: perfect! I, I love, love it. like
2: peanut butter banana vibe oh, it's uh, so midday. Good. Yes.
1: <laughs> Does the craziness of everyday life leave you stressed and shedding? Since having kids, have you started seeing a little bit more of your scalp? Has menopause impacted your hormones and your hairline? When it comes to thinning hair, there are many root causes at play, and Nutrafol addresses them through a multi-targeted, whole-body approach. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster-growing hair with less shedding. I'm excited to have Nutrafol as a sponsor because I use it. I love it. I'm a big fan of this company. I've noticed a big difference in my skin, nails, hair. Even my sleep has improved since I started taking this. Now I have the queen taking it too, and it has been a game changer for her hair. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code LOWLIFE. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code LOWLIFE. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code LOWLIFE. I love me a good edible moment. I talk about it all the time on this show. And so I was so excited that Via became a sponsor of the Low Life Podcast. Oh, this is a dream partnership because I love their edibles. They're so delicious. And they're coming on right in time for Valentine's Day. Vaya has developed a unique blend of pleasure-enhancing cannabinoids, libido-strengthening herbs, and a low dose of THC all into one mind-blowing gummy called High Love. We're talking about pairing aphrodisiac herbs with a mild amount of THC. Their best-selling High Love gummy will awaken your senses, increases the blood flow, and intensifies any sexual experience, even if it's a solo experience. It's going to be amazing with this gummy. The strawberry-flavored one is my favorite. They're vegan. Organic ingredients are used. They have zero THC products as well. So if you're not down for THC, that's okay, boo. Their CBD line is amazing too, which is really great for sleep, focus, and energy. Their products range from 2 milligrams to 50 milligrams of THC, so there's definitely something for everybody. My favorite part about this sponsor is that they ship to all 50 states legally with discreet packaging directly to your door. It makes it so easy breezy for you. No medical card required. Let the gummies work their magic. Head to viahemp.com and use the code LOWLIFE to receive 15% off plus one free sample of their Sleepy Dreams gummies. 21 and over. That's V I I A H E M P.com and use code LOWLIFE at checkout. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from VIA Hemp. I want to talk to you about oils. Yeah. I'm so f***ing confused with all the oils out there. There's so many different types. There are some that you can't use with high heat. Oh, yeah. Like I just learned about specific olive oil. Yeah. Extra virgin olive oil, which are you a fan of that? Are, yes. are we good to have? Oh, we love EV- olive O-O. oil. Okay. Is that who says that shit? <laughs> Rachel Ray. EVOO. Oh, Remember, she used to say that for everything at EVOO. And so I love extra virgin olive oil, but I know there's, I just learned this within the last year. There is a specific type that is meant for stir fries or cooking with higher intensity Mm, heat as opposed to I guess the one that most people would know, it's a bit of a thicker type of olive oil, extra virgin. What is the actual difference between them? What oils should we avoid? Seed oils I know are really bad. Yes. And they're in everything.
2: LA loves that right now.
1: LA loves (laughs) seed seed oil hate crime.
2: Yes, (laughs) Yes. Oh my God. There's like a committee, I feel like in LA against seed oils and like all these men in the grocery store are talking
1: about it. Okay. So it's a thing right now. Why are seed oils so bad? Why are people avoiding them at all costs? And why are they in everything? Is it because it's just cheap and affordable to fill our foods with?
2: Yeah. So I will. I will be transparent. I don't know. A- my specialty definitely isn't a ton with things like seed oils, but I think going back to the other part of the conversation on olive oil, yeah, I'm more familiar with the oils that we want to emphasize more in your diet. So there are definitely foods that are in our many packaged food products, but I think sometimes we look at like the micro ingredients of them, similar to like oils, like the seed oils conversation. Yeah. And it's like, well, what about the overall food product? I like to put that out there. But anyway, going back to oils and specifically olive oils, that relates to the the temperature basically like the smoke temperature so what happens is when you're cooking with olive oil, it's gonna combust quicker and it can become carcinogenic. So oh. that's why typically putting it on top of like salad so you don't have to heat it up. Although sometimes ladies, yes, I do use olive oil and cook with it at times in my air fryer. So it happens. But if you're cooking at a higher temperature, that's where things like avocado oil or even coconut oil, which is another controversial oil with like LDL cholesterol and things like that. But I use things like avocado oil, olive oil. Um, sometimes they use a little bit of canola oil and things. Oh
1: shit. Yeah. You're getting that good old fashioned vegetable oil in there. I
2: do occasionally. It's not. So in my pantry, you will see avocado oil, coconut oil and olive oil. Those are really the three oils we have. We actually use sesame oil if like we're making something that's like an Asian stir fry kind of vibe for the flavor. Yeah. But we do try to emphasize a lot of like the more anti-inflammatory oils like avocado and olive.
1: Yeah, because I know a lot of these oils that we're using have been linked to depression, anxiety, and well, it all is actually linked to inflammatory. In our body, it's all inflammatory, which that is linked to mental health and the decline of it. And so, again, there's a lot of research for that we don't have to get into that, but I know it's a thing. And so I think just baseline what people should be having in their diet, oil-wise, I think I'm on that same tip of you as avocado, coconut, and olive. I think those are like the main ones. It's in a sesame once in a while.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I think, especially when it comes to fats, because oils are a fat source in our diet. So really when you're trying to improve your health and even when it comes to weight loss, you know, I think fat oftentimes gets a really bad reputation. That's why people are like, do you use olive oil? Like, how do you fit that into your diet? Isn't that so fattening? It's it's really about how much of it you're having but also where else you're getting fat in your diet because if you have an egg, it has a certain amount of grams of fat in it from the from the yolk. You know, nuts are a really healthy fat source as well. You could have a whole avocado. It's really about choosing the fat sources that are more anti-inflammatory and more healthful because we No, I mean, sometimes people debate it, but like we do know that there are more healthful fats versus... You no, I do butter my toast in the morning, but there are fats that when you use them in excess, they they do cause more inflammation in our bodies related to what's within the fat source.
1: Are you using good old fashioned butter?
2: I, I'm a Kerrygold girl. A
1: car- <laughs> Wait, is Kerrygold that um, Irish butter? It is
2: Irish butter. I it's just, so good.
1: Okay. I, I actually am just getting familiarized with Irish butter. This is bougie ass butter because it's a higher price point.
2: It is, it is. But it's really good. Once Why you go Kerrygold, so- you don't go back. And also my mother, <laughs> (laughs) will not let us buy other butter. Growing up, she would buy the big pack from Costco. You'd have like five or 10 sticks of butter in your Mm -hmm. freezer and you'd be like, what is going on? It's giving like Italian vibes because my mom grew up with an Italian woman.
1: Got it. Anyway,
2: now it's ingrained in us. Like you cannot buy any butter, but Kerrygold. I don't know why.
1: Kerrygold. So (laughs) what makes it so good? Is it like, there's a a specific type of process for, is it like pasteurized or something? I have
2: no flippant idea. I just like the flavor of it. It is good. It's just really good. And it's very rich. It's rich. It tastes good. Like I can't imagine having butter- Buying it from someone else. I yeah. just I just like the flavor. This of is not it.
1: sponsored, by the way, this by Kerrygold. <laughs> it should be because we love it. Yes. Um, but I will say, if you are a fan of Rice Krispies, which is not necessarily the healthiest treat, but whatever. F- it sometimes you want a Rice Krispie. Yes. A Kerrygold Rice Krispie hits so different than.
2: Wait, what is that?
1: Well, I I use Kerrygold butter.
2: Oh, so you're making homemade Rice Krispie treats yes. with a oh, wow. Yeah,
1: it is such a game changer. Oh my god. Also, low heat, not high heat. Have it like at a simmer. <laughs> I've I've mastered Rice Krispie Treats Damn. now. But Kerrygold is a game changer for just the flavor. There's so much more buttery and yeah. perfect. So yeah, shout out to Kerrygold. How do you feel about like a good old fashioned margarine? Got some margarine in your diet, blue I, bonnet?
2: <laughs> <laughs> we, we don't buy margarine in my household. It's so bad. Um, it's so bad. I, I'm really basic with a lot of what I buy at the grocery store. I'm one of those people that like I buy the same things over and over again. Plus I feel like, you know, it's funny you even asking about margarine. I don't even remember the last time I bought it. So I just find once you start making many of these changes in your diet, you'll just really stick to them for a long period of time. And and you like literally forget certain foods exist, yeah. put it that way. Unless like a client brings it up to me, I'm like, oh yeah.
1: Isn't it crazy that in the 80s and 90s, blue bonnet, margarine, all the different types of margarines, yeah. can't believe it's not butter. Yep. All these butter substitutes were hitting the market and they were huge in the health industry yeah. and they were touted by a lot of nutritionists and health experts as yeah. this is a way to save your heart health and this is a way to you know promote like calcium in your diet and by using these butter alternatives these butter substitutes but they're fucked up for your body they do a lot more harm than good they're very inflammatory they're completely unnatural there's really no nutritional value to them from what i understand
2: yeah. And I think what's really interesting with your comments about the diet industry, there's so many, I mean, I I come after the diet food industry on my yeah, social media. Meaning, I love that you do. Meaning that, I mean, I sometimes, yes, have like protein bars and things, but like, there are so many things that we're taught to be eating, especially as young women and young individuals in our culture. Like we see someone eating this, we're like, oh, we need that diet food product. I mean, I'm going to call it out greens powders on social media. Greens powders? Yeah, the greens powders, like the AG1. Oh, super greens. Super greens. Like, I mean, every single brand has a greens powder, and it's not that I'm against anyone having them, but it's like that's the modern day margarine, right? It's the modern day this. Like, it's eventually we're going to wake up and be like, why are we always just finding this new diet product to promote? And like, celebrities are making a thing when in reality, like, the wholesome foods you need to be eating are not sexy. They're not sexy. It's what it is. What is literally already at the grocery store, and people don't get paid a lot of money to say that. Unfortunately,
1: the green powders that people can have. I mean, in one eight ounce glass, a couple scoops of that green shit, and you have your <laughs> your vegetable intake for the day.
2: It's a glorified vitamin. It literally is a glorified vitamin. I mean, once again, I have clients that have these products, so I'm not like trying to like shit them. on them, and they like them. But I think it's funny that we. And this might upset some people, but we push these products or or companies and influencers push these products on people. But it's like, get your greens in your diet. If you're eating more greens in your juice in the morning than in your diet, that's the problem here. That's what I do. You know,
1: know, that's literally what I'm doing. I don't, I know. I'm like, wait, uh, I'm, Triggered because oh, I no. well because what I'm doing I'm like I'll throw a couple of scoops of the super greens Which into into like a smoothie yeah but for me and then I'll have a salad or something but for me to hit that vegetable quota for the day yeah it's, sometimes it's difficult yeah so it helps me with that but you're right we should just be actually eating vegetables cooked raw steamed.
2: Yeah. And I think, I mean, this is a tough conversation because we add vitamins and minerals in our food system. And so people are like, there's a grocery store video that went viral and it popped up on my TikTok. It was basically this, I don't know the person, but they were saying that, in the grocery store, like they're adding vitamins and minerals to cereal because it's bad, but the fortification of food has actually saved millions of people across the globe because there are certain vitamin and mineral deficiencies that we know by fortifying our food that it's gonna help a massive amount of people in our population. So with things like greens, greens powders, if you're having something and it's helping you stay healthy and have those vitamins and minerals, that's really awesome. But the key thing, especially related to my industry, which is weight loss is, okay, we have these products, but what about fiber? fiber that you're naturally getting when you have those fruits and veggies. So it's not that the greens are bad per se, but it's understanding that it still doesn't solve the root problem that f- for any person, like maybe they need more servings of fruits and veggies. Yeah. So you see that difference there?
1: Yes, absolutely. Can we please talk about fiber and how yes. important uh, it is in your diet?
2: Fiber is hot. Fiber, everyone <laughs> needs fiber. Fiber
1: is so hot. <laughs> He's so hot right now. I wanna know what are the fiber foods that you recommend? How does yeah. it help your diet? How does it promote weight loss? Why is it so important for us to to have fiber besides taking a shit? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Wait, you're so candid, and it's so true. If you don't have regular bowel situational yes. habits, that is not good for your health. And we talk about that. Okay, fiber is really important for your health beyond just weight loss. I mean, think about cardiovascular disease. Some of the the populations that we study and that live the longest, they have a lot of fiber in their diet. Oh my god! You know.
1: Did you watch the Blue Zone? Wait,
2: I haven't watched that one yet. I, me and my husband have it on our like, oh, to watch list. Please text
1: me once you watch it, <laughs> and we'll come back and we can review it together. Yes. Oh, I love that because it's. I I just finished it. It's so interesting but what you were saying about how some of the people who have lived the longest and yeah. that documentary is studying centurions. Oh, so okay. they live a hundred plus years yeah, and they do have very fiber rich diets.
2: Well, look at that. That's why I learned this
1: Japanese purple potato.
2: Yep. Yep. Everyone's talking changer. about changer. Yeah. That was from,
1: yeah, they were talking about it in the blue zone doc. It's very beneficial. Sorry. I derailed. Let's-
2: no, that's so good. Wait, I just got back from Hawaii and I had the most insane purple potato there, which also Hawaii is somewhat close to Japan. So I wonder if I had the potato.
1: You probably did. That's like yeah. really cool. So back to fiber yes. and why it's so crucial in your diet and how it helps us.
2: Yeah, so fiber, I mean, when you think about getting full, we often think of protein and I know protein shakes are shoved down everyone's throats nowadays, but how important they are. We know protein, many women know protein's really important, but I'd say protein and fiber paired together are really the magic sauce um, alongside eating the right calories, of course, but are the magic sauce to help you eat the right amount of calories because fiber is basically this indigestible part of carbohydrates- where fiber allows us to basically, it it impedes our blood sugar spike. So when we have foods and carbs that pack fiber in them versus carbs that don't have fiber in them, our blood sugar will spike less when we have the carbs that pack fiber in them because of how it's metabolized and absorbed. What's also really cool about fiber is fiber typically is, we consider it, I mean, on Nutrition Facts labels, you'll see zero calories, but it does provide a little calorie depending on the type of fiber we're, we're consuming, but that's a different conversation for mm-hmm. a more science-y conversation. We don't have yeah. to go there. But what's cool about fiber is you actually, it's pretty much non-caloric. So you're getting full, you're feeling satisfied, and you're not even getting calories from it. I mean, that sounds really, really magical at the end of the day. Yeah. So yeah, fiber is incredible. Incredibly important, and you could be eating the right amount of calories, but if you're not having a lot of fiber, you would feel a lot less full.
1: Got it. Okay. Uh, what foods should I be eating that are rich in fiber? Are there any foods that you're like, these are
2: super fiber foods? Yes, yeah, super fiber foods, raspberries. One cup, I believe, has eight grams of fiber. Don't ask why I know that. I did a yeah. video, <laughs> <so> I was <laughs> off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, chia seeds are really great for fiber as well. Oh, I love chia um, seeds. Chia seeds are awesome. Oh, I have
1: a question about chia seeds because yes. I buy them all the time. Yeah. They're not cheap. I'll buy a ba- <laughs> They're not. <laughs> no, so I'll buy a bag, but a bag lasts me a pretty good amount of time, so it's worth the investment. But I typically will add that, like I love to make a chia pudding yes, and I have a great favorite. recipe for a great chia pudding, uh, which is like almond milk, some cinnamon, a little bit of vanilla, stir it up with chia seeds, leave it overnight. Ugh. We're good to go.
2: Add raspberries to that and your mind will be blown. Really? So good. Well, I love sweet things. I don't Same. know. If, okay. you I have a sweet tooth, yeah, yeah. You'll like it then. Okay.
1: So I know chia seeds are a game changer, but I've. Is it true that they have to expand in some sort of a liquid? Otherwise, they're not going to be as beneficial or could you just put them in, like sprinkle them in whatever you're eating?
2: Yeah, so to my understanding, and once again, I'm not a chia seed expert, but I do freaking love a chia seed. If I'm making chia seed pudding, of course you want to add the liquid. I have added them to smoothies and I mean, people even sprinkle them on top of oatmeal and things. Yeah. But basically, if you didn't have them, what I would assume what would happen in your body is the fluid would surround it and- Oh, they'll expand. It, they'll expand, yeah. And so, I mean, it sounds gross, and I don't know if it's true, but like I'm assuming they would just expand in your body. But I don't think there's any nutritional issue with having them without having the, the fluids surround them. But okay. I will say for things like flax seeds, whole flax seeds, our digestive system can't properly break them down. So that's why it is important to grind your flax seeds up before putting them into like a smoothie or ingesting them because oh. of um, the shell around the flax.
1: Oh, good to know. Yeah. Learn something new. Look at that. Thank you for that. Okay, so chia seeds, raspberries. What else do I need to have to have a fiber-rich diet? Just like some the fiber cornerstones for you. While I have you here, I'm like, can I get as much info as possible?
2: Yeah, I'd say fruits and veggies, anything from the frickin' earth. Um, Having... (laughs) Okay. It's usually pretty good for you. Things like sweet potatoes and regular potatoes, and especially having the skin on fruits and veggies because that's going to pack a lot of fiber there. I love a little sushi moment. We talked about Nobu. So thinking of things what? like edamame, that's oh, going to pack fiber in it.
1: edamame is rich in fiber. Rich in
2: fiber. Okay. Going for grain products, but whole grains, making sure that it has, literally it says whole grains on it. Or even some grain products will have a little yellow logo that will indicate that it's a whole grain product to make it easier for cons- for consumers. Oatmeal, fabulous fiber source. Um, We always think about it with breakfast. Yes. I do have an oatmeal pumpkin cookie though. If anyone likes them, they're really good. Yeah.
1: Is this like (laughs) one of those easy recipes? That's like, like four ingredients. Yes. For the, oh, that's great. Okay. Wait, is it on your Instagram or on your website?
2: Yes. Yeah, so it's on my Instagram. Um, I have a regular pumpkin chocolate chip cookie on my website. If you search a hundred calorie chocolate chip cookie and like sorority nutritionist, you'll find it on the internet. Yeah. But I do have a pumpkin version that doesn't use bananas and instead adds pumpkin to it. If you like that, like fall theme.
1: I love a fall theme. <laughs> Excited to try it. I'm all about leveling up with my low-lifers this year. As a fashion stylist, the first place I want to start, of course, is leveling up your closet. But I don't want you to break the bank. You don't got to spend a lot of money, honey. Design on a dime, boo. You can still elevate your closet on a budget. We want you to save some money here. So I'm happy to have Quince as a sponsor. They are here for us. They're going to take good care of us. At Quince, I get high-end, versatile pieces at affordable prices. All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands oh, they're amazing. I bought these beautiful silk pillowcases for my bed. I got a cute jacket, a cozy cashmere cardigan, and navy blue joggers. I'm obsessed with these are staple pieces for my closet that will not go out of style. And I was able to save some money by partnering directly with top factories. Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com/lowlife for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q u i n c e dot com/lowlife to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince dot com/lowlife.
0: Is your new year's resolution to find time-saving solutions so you can spend less time doing things like grocery shopping and more time with your little one? As a busy parent, I'm always looking for products and brands that will make my life easier. What is one change that's easy to make that'll make your life easier in 2024? Little Spoon. Little Spoon delivers fresh, healthy meals and snacks that your kiddo will love for every eating stage. Little Spoon is a one-stop shop for healthy Easy mealtime and snack time for your baby, toddler, and big kid, delivered right to your door. Their goal is to make keeping your kid healthy feel like the easiest part of your day so that you can cut through all the drama of mealtime, time-saving, and convenient without compromise. Little Spoon delivers baby blends, biteables, plates, smoothies, snacks, and lunchers. Kids love it, and you will too. It's all so fresh, so delicious, and made with the cleanest, high-quality ingredients. Did I mention it all comes right to my door? So flexible, so easy, and everything stores right in the fridge and freezer. I pick the menu and change it up what I order every time. The price is right, the quality is unmatched. I love it, my kids love it, the grandparents love it, and I know all you lowlifers will love it too. A huge win-win-win for my family, and it can also be for yours. Simplify your kiddo's mealtime with 30% off your first order. Go to littlespoon.com slash lowlife and enter our code lowlife at checkout to get 30% off your first Little Spoon order.
1: I want to talk to you about the food pyramid. Oh, uh, yes. So there's this food pyramid that I've been talking about for years. It's in all of our books as kids. We're always talking about this fucking food pyramid and I'm like, should we be following this pyramid? No. Like, is this, I want to get into the conspiracy theory because I'm like, is the government just f***ing with this? Is the meat, dairy industry, are they just trying to sell us a fake bag of tricks? Are we being Tinder swindled by the Wait, system? Wait, I loved
2: the Tinder swindler doc. Obviously not the guy, right? Fair, but, same. It so good. It was, that's, so that's good. It was yeah. really good.
1: But we're being swindled by yeah. these major corporations that are selling us, I mean, like meat. How it's so important. Like, what's at the very top of the pyramid? I forget.
2: You know, it's funny. I don't remember what is on what level of the pyramid because I actually feel like, especially in my nutritional like degrees and backgrounds, like we weren't taught that. Oh, really? Yeah, we weren't, and that's what's so interesting about. Why this. is
1: it such a thing?
2: I, you know, it, it's weird. So it, I think, was originally created by the government. And for any dietetic people out there, I probably should know this as a dietitian, but it, I think it just speaks volumes to the fact that, like, we've moved on. Like, I literally have moved on from the food pyramid. But I know, like, if I was a dietitian maybe like 20 or 30 years ago, that was what was taught to me. But for me in my education, I actually wasn't really taught that because we use something called MyPlate now. So basically, It's very similar to the approach of like the Mediterranean diet, although not like 100% Mediterranean diet, but basically just shows a plate about like what what is really considered a a balanced plate. Like you need your carb, protein and veggie. And then- with those sources of foods, like choosing carbs, okay, not just any carb, but like a carb that packs fiber um, and having that balance there. But yeah, I actually wasn't really taught the food pyramid, which is interesting.
1: Um, Yeah, it's outdated. I sound like a dinosaur talking about (laughs) it right now.
2: No, 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 you don't. I actually get asked that question a lot because there is this big thing on social media that's like dietitians suck because they're still recommending the food pyramid. I'm like, bitch, I'm not recommending the food pyramid. I don't know what you're talking about.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we're not about it. Uh, Let's talk about dairy. Yes. Are you eating dairy?
2: You know, I have dairy. Well, you
1: have butter in your diet.
2: I have butter. I... I like cheese. I had quesadillas this week for dinner. Okay. I I love ice cream. If that's one thing to know about me, I'm so Massachusetts.
1: Yeah, <laughs> is that a thing there?
2: Yes. Oh, we have the best ice cream. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't even
1: know that oh, Massachusetts yeah. is known for their ice cream.
2: Well, I mean, I don't know if people like across the the world would say that, uh, but <laughs> I, I say that.
1: I'm <laughs> done. Like where you're from, we're like we have really good ice cream here. But
2: we do. The Northeast has really good ice cream. I oh. mean, what what else are you doing in winter? You're depressed inside. No sunlight, watching a movie.
1: See, I would (laughs) never assume that they have good ice cream because you guys are always freezing your asses off.
2: No, we're psychotic in Massachusetts in the (laughs) Northeast. We have iced coffee in winter.
1: You know what? I love So iced coffee is toted as such a gay thing. The gays, we love our iced coffee, but it's actually, from my understanding, growing up and going to the East Coast, it's a New York thing or Chicago thing. Oh, it's Chicago a New thing. York
2: and Boston thing. Yeah, like East you Coasters. get your donkeys, and it's the yeah the cold. Like yeah, they love yeah, their they iced love coffee.
1: It. So I mean, I guess the East <laughs> Coasters and the gays, we love an iced coffee. Yes, and so okay, ice cream is good. Dairy, I get it. When it comes to dairy, though, I know it's well. I'm lactose intolerant, so I have to yeah. be really careful with it. Sure. But I also understand now, like with drinking milk, a lot mm-hmm. of recipes have milk in them. Mm-hmm. And here's my idea on milk. Yeah. I want to know what your take is. But I just talked to one of my girlfriends, Jessie J, about breastfeeding. And she was talking about how her boobs became like rocks. And it's so crazy oh how when it when you're breastfeeding, she was saying that your milk basically adjusts what it needs for the baby. Like it's incredible. Like it's
2: the human body, the female body yeah. is fucking incredible. It really is. Like that's crazy.
1: That your the nutritional value and what your baby will need will actually change in your leche, and then when your baby is drinking it, it's adjusting. I'm like that is really powerful stuff. It's it's like magic, and so that happens with humans, but it also happens with goats and cows. And so if cows are put under a certain amount of stress, it will end up reflecting what's happening inside of the milk. Yeah. And so a lot of these animals that we're getting our milk from are pumped with a lot of hormones and things. And so, and they're put under extreme stress. Yeah. And then we're consuming that milk that's supposed to be for calves, but it's, we're the calves. And so-
2: That's my thing with milk. It makes I me really feel, grossed out. So like I, I eat animal products, but I will say when I moved from Boston to Los Angeles- my husband and I, with our two dogs, we drove. Mm-hmm. I drove through Texas. This is the story. So we're in Texas. We get off the highway. We're starved. It's fucking hot as balls. It was yeah. during that heat wave. It was like 115 outside. Odd. My dogs, my poor little new Chihuahua, Coda, she's from Puerto Rico. She literally um, <laughs> she literally didn't <laughs> want to go outside. And bitch, bitch likes hot. Like yes. she, she doesn't mind it. Um, but anyway, we are like 20 or 30 minutes away from the place I'm about to talk about. But all we could... He- Sense in the air and like you could just smell it from millions of miles away, like just cow manure. It was like this, the most oh. disgusting smell I've ever smelled. We drive and drive and drive. We get closer. We see what it is. It's this place with all these cows on the highway and it's basically a cattle farm where they're killing and slaughtering these animals. It's a slaughterhouse. And after being there, my husband and I, like fully meat eaters, having dairy, having fish, having... Everything. We're like, do we go vegan? Oh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> literally,
2: it was that horrible. Wow. And so, to your point about cows and the milk and the conditions we slaughter animals in and all of that, it, I mean, it, it's very. And I, you're, this is coming from a vegetarian from th- for for three years in college. It's once you see the behind the scenes of the food industry, you will be forever changed. It's horrifying. It's horrifying, but it also is tough because I think, especially for me, the platform and then also knowing people come from different socioeconomic backgrounds and access, it's tough because at the end of the day, we do need to eat. So it's like we need to make empowered choices for ourselves, but we also need to be really conscious about, okay, if we cut something out of our diet, then we do need to replace it. And if you do cut something out of your diet, you do need to have that knowledge about, okay, what are we replacing those vitamin and minerals with? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But it's 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 tough. And yes, I do eat meat and I do have dairy, but when you see the conditions, you're like, no way in hell that cow was happy. So yeah. you, you can't convince me otherwise.
1: Right, I get it. So, okay, you're not drinking milk though.
2: I, I don't drink plain cow's milk. Actually, I lied. I do sometimes have... <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the controversial brand Fairlife. I sometimes do incorporate it into very various like high protein recipes I create on social media using milk. Um, using milk, oh, okay. but I don't have like a. I've never been a plain glass of milk girl ever in my life. I like almond milk. I have almond milk in our fridge.
1: Well, I want to talk to you about all the different milks because they're yeah. they're trying to squeeze milk out of everything oh, right they now. They are. I mean, there's, I've had pea milk, almond milk, walnut. I've had cashew milk. I'm like, where is the milk? I've, I've had a handful of cashews. Where are they getting it from? What is this? And so now I understand how to make it. I'm like, okay. You're um, like,
2: okay, it really shouldn't be named this. It
1: shouldn't. Right. It's so when it comes to these different milks that we're drinking, I also saw a very. Oh, scary TikTok that just was very alarming when it. And they were talking about like Khalifa Farms and all these brands that I use all the time. And they're saying you're drinking these almond milk and, and all these different types of milk that are in the grocery stores and they are loaded with additives. They're loaded with chemicals and preservatives and it's actually not good for you at all. Not that normal milk is either from the cow but is there any significance to what they're saying? It, does that hit for you?
2: That, that does hit. So for instance, with cow's milk, you're getting vitamin D and calcium and protein from this natural source, but depending on also the farm and depending on other issues that you may have and like other things in the product, you, like, you could have that option, right? And we have these alternative milks that many of the alternative milks that are especially cheap and accessible for many people. They're gonna have additives in them. They're gonna have things like stabilizers. They're gonna have things like carrageenan and xanthan gum. Um, And those are things even in hummus. A good old Sabra hummus has has those same ingredients and things An in them. good old Sabra <laughs>
1: I love that hummus. It, it's
2: good, Is right? It
1: Sabra, it's Sabra, right? Yeah, Sa- Sabra I call it
2: Sabra. Yeah, yeah, love. Okay. Um, but but there, maybe I'm uncultured, so I don't
1: know. Uh, I mean, we're having Sabra hummus. <laughs> it's I, I don't good. Think we're not very cultured here. It's okay. But
2: you will be surprised about how many foods have those same ingredients in them but i will say during my masters degree actually if you have things like ibs or like a significant digestive issue you might benefit from cutting out things like xanthan gum and carrageenan and and those things could be inflammatory and triggers but i will say for the general population i mean i see people's diets i'm like girl it is not the carrageenan it is not the it, you are not balanced you are Got not it. eating whole foods you're like if you're doing all of the things and you still have issues okay then Absolutely. We can eliminate, restrict, swap is a word I like to use, edit and tweak, right? But, you know, if the foundation of your diet isn't good and then you're freaking out over like a specific ingredient in a food, we have to like look at the bigger picture because social media loves to fear monger.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of fear. There's
2: a lot of fear mongering. I'm
1: scared. (laughs) And
2: honestly, you can look for something bad within anything. Literally anything when it comes to food. And I think what's tough about food too is food is comprised of chemicals. So when people are like, oh, this has chemicals in it, I'm like, blueberries, literally, if you look at what a blueberry is on a scientific level, it's it's a chemical. Everything Fair. is a chemical, right? Yes, so,
1: yes, I so get it's, it. So
2: it's like differentiating- what is like a harmful chemical in what dose we have to pick our poison? Yeah, like a breaking uh,
1: bad chemical. Yes. We're talking meth or we're talking blueberries. <laughs> I guess they're all
2: they're all chemicals, but yeah, honey, they're not the same.
1: They're definitely not. <laughs> so well, that's what my question is though. When it comes to like these different brands of milk, yeah, like some of them are expensive, some of them aren't. But I guess like Khalifa Farms, it's a really popular one and yes. they have really pretty packaging.
2: Yeah. Oh, it, look, yes.
1: it looks nice in the fridge. I haven't really looked at the ingredient listing of that, but just from a nutritionist. Standpoint. would you recommend any specific brands or stay away from certain brands? Like what's that really popular one that comes in like a carton and it's sold not in the refrigeration aisle? There's like Silk, there's like-
2: Yes, Silk. I'd say if it fits Almond Breeze. (laughs) Almond Breeze, yes. Almond Breeze and Silk. I mean, I've definitely had all of those products. I think it, for me, whenever I give advice like this, it just comes down to what you can afford. If you can afford the Califia or Califa, whatever it's called, I love that brand. I buy that. I also sometimes buy like the Costco, Silk or the other- The Almond Breeze brand as well. I'd say the more you can look at every specific food that you're having and look at the ingredients and also learn what the ingredients are because sometimes these things aren't necessarily bad for us, but it's just about empowering you to make the choice to, to make the decision. Okay. Do you want this in what quantity in your diet? Because also, especially if you're eating out, like you might not even know how much you're having many of these things, um, even though you're so concerned about it and this and that, but yeah, I prefer like the Clefia, and I do prefer to buy things more natural less additives, less processing, because there's a degree to food processing. I mean, even a yogurt in the refrigerated aisle that's non-fat plain Greek yogurt, I mean, that's technically a processed food because it's put in a package and, you know, there's things added to it to to make it is what it is. But I think it's the degree of how much food processing the product has. And I'd say, yeah, as a general rule of thumb, choosing foods in their more natural state typically is going to be more advantageous for your health and your weight loss goals.
1: Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Low Life Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I got part two coming in hot for you next week with Lauren Hubert. Love part two of the conversation. She is breaking down diet, exercise, what to eat, what not to eat. And I love that she's debunking so many myths that are out there. There's so much misinformation about what the hell we should be eating, drinking. There's a lot of people out there spread and false information that is going to hurt us rather than help us. And so I love that Lauren breaks it all down and she has a no bullshit approach to it. She's very honest and she really breaks it down in an easy way that's super helpful. And so that's next week's episode. After I had this conversation with Lauren, I ended up downloading this app called Yuka or Yucca, Y-U-K-A. This app has changed my freaking life. It doesn't cost any money. And it's one of these apps that you basically can scan random barcodes and it lets you know the nutritional value and if there's any additives and how good it is for you. What I love about this app, and this isn't sponsored, I'm not making shit off this. This literally was just recommended by a very good friend of mine who's a nutritionist. And so I downloaded it and it has been a game changer because I realized that so much of the shit I've been consuming that I think is healthy. It's sugar-free. It's organic. It looks like it's good for me. I buy it with the intention of it being a healthy choice, but I'm realizing it's bad. It's not good at all for me. (laughs) And so what's really nice about this app is you can scan pretty much any barcode. There's so many SKUs in here. There's not one thing I've scanned that's actually not in the system that doesn't pull up the information on it, but it breaks down everything for me. And so, for example, I buy this oat milk from Trader Joe's. It's called Oat Beverage, Trader Joe's Oat Beverage. It's non-dairy. It's sugar-free. It's not sweetened and I thought it was good for me. I use it for my lattes, for my smoothies. So I scanned this non-dairy oat beverage. It's unsweetened vanilla. And I've been using this for years for my smoothies, for my coffee drinks, like I love it, but it's bad because there's hazardous chemicals in it. And it let me know all the additives that are inside of this particular oat milk. But what's great about this app is yes, it will tell you that whatever you're eating or drinking, it's either good or bad for you and why it's good or bad for you. But also if it's bad for you, it offers healthy recommendations with a higher rating. So it's good for your health. And so I love that because there's like six or seven recommendations. Like underneath it, there's organic Khalifa Farms oat milk, which is way better for you. That's an 88, excellent rating. And it says why that's better. By the way, Khalifa Farms non-organic, Not good for you. The organic version, way better for you. And it breaks down why. And so anyway, this app has been a game changer because even like protein bars that I love eating, I realized are not good for me at all. They're super high in sodium or they have a lot of those additives, those chemicals that are cancer causing and just not good for your body. And so it made me a bit paranoid because I'm like, wow, a lot of the shit I've been eating I thought was super healthy and good for my body. And it seems like it just based on the packaging and it doesn't have a high fat content, doesn't have high sugar, but there's so many other chemicals in there that are really going to be fucking up our bodies. And so anyway, it's helped me. I recommended the app to my friends and family. They've been loving it too. The queen is scanning everything right now. <laughs> and so if you want to check it out, it's just Y-U-K-A, pronounced yuca, yucca, whatever. It's like a little carrot icon that will pop up for the app. And it's been a game changer for me. If you have any other health apps that you recommend for foods or for exercise or something that you love to use, don't gatekeep, boo. Please share it in the review section of Apple Podcasts. I would love to know if there's any sort of apps or programs that you've used or that you recommend, please let me know. Drop them in the review section. I'll be looking into them and I'll be sharing them on the podcast. I also love to get feedback from you. Love to hear your thoughts on the show, stuff that you like from it, if there's something you didn't like about it. We're always a work in progress. I love some constructive criticism. And I also just like to know what you enjoyed from the show because then it gives me direction. That's the best way that I can improve the show and I always want to make it even better for you. And so if there's a takeaway that you got from this episode, I'd love to hear it. Let me know in the review section of Apple Podcasts. If there's something you learned or something you enjoyed from this episode, I want to hear about it. Please let me know. Your voice is so important to making this show a success. It's literally everything. And so (laughs) this show would be nothing without you. And so thank you so much for listening to the podcast, sharing it with your friends and family, and giving that feedback on what you enjoy and takeaways that you got from the conversation because it does make an impact, a huge impact on the show. It's a small gesture leaving that review, but it really does make a big difference. And so thank you for taking the time to do that, boo. I want to shout out some low-lifers who have taken the time to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And these reviews could be anything you want them to be. You could talk about the show, some feedback, some takeaways that you got from the episode. You could leave a little dick emoji for me, a salsa dancer, a tamale, some hearts, some stars. Whatever you want it to be, it is so appreciated. And so thank you for taking the time to do that. I'm going to shout out a listener here who left a review. This is S.M. Price 1988. S.M. Price 1988 writes, Never a disappointment. Five stars. Five stars. Hands down, this is my favorite podcast. I would love to hear a breakdown of The Golden Bachelor, but more importantly, a discussion on the difference in generations. Will that be us in 30 years? <laughs> I highly doubt it, and that makes me so sad. Let's love one another, and she gave me a little heart and a chilly emoji. Oh, I haven't dived into Golden Bachelor, but from what I've heard from friends, they love that show. It's doing really well, and so I'll check it out. Golden Bachelor, I'm down to do a recap on that show. And then, yeah, we'll discuss the different generations for sure. Oh, that's a really good episode idea. Thank you, S.M. Price 1988. You're working as a producer for The Low Life now. (laughs) Next review is coming in hot from at Jillian C. Wellington. Oh, I love this name. Jillian C. Wellington. What a freaking regal name. Sounds like an expensive brand. The House of Wellington writes... Keep the two-parters low. Five stars. I love the two-part episodes. Listeners can tell how interested you are in the guest and topic. If you try to shorten the conversation to fit into one episode, we might lose your enthusiasm. Love you, low. My bestie and I live in different cities, but we stay connected by chatting about our favorite podcast episodes, yours. (laughs) That's awesome. Jillian, thank you for saying that. Again, the feedback is so appreciated because I was debating, should I cut the two-parters out of the podcast and just try and condense these longer conversations into just one episode, but I'm happy that you're enjoying these two-parters because I don't want to have to cut the convo if it's really good. Like that's the whole point of making it a two-parter. It's just too good that I don't want to cut it out. (laughs) So I'm glad you're enjoying those. And the fact that you can enjoy this podcast with your bestie, that makes me so freaking happy. We have time for one more review. This one is coming in hot from at E.L. Marcel. E.L. Marcel. Her name is Laura Michelle. Hi, Laura Michelle. She's a wife. She's a mama. She's home decor, clothes, animal lover. Oh, she's the cutest little cat. Okay. She is our people. She loves the animals. She loves some decor. She has a great aesthetic. Laura Michelle, you are a freaking beautiful queen. Here we go. Let's read your review. She writes, Will you be my best friend? Yes, queen, sure will. <laughs> Five stars. Lo is a gem of a human. I turn this podcast on when I need a good mood uplift, and this one never fails. I truly wish I could be your best friend, Lo. You are such a light in this world. Takeaway from the skincare show is so much. I wish I could screenshot the group chat with my girlfriends because I kept adding in things in the chat on things I was mind blown on. For example, I never knew zinc deficiency could be why disport Botox wears quickly add zinc to cart. (laughs) Oh, I didn't know that either. There's certain things that we could take like zinc that could either make your Botox last longer or cut the life of it. And so, yeah, I learned a lot from that episode too. I have to say that skincare series, Elizabeth Smith, what a queen. Like she came on that show and just served it up for skincare. I love those episodes. There were so many great takeaways. If you haven't had an opportunity to listen to the skincare series that we did, You will not be disappointed. Like, there are so many interesting things that were said. I learned a lot from that one. And I already know a lot about skincare. I'm super into it, but she taught me so much. Like, even the hyaluronic serums. Like, if you put hyaluronic serum on your face and it's not moistened first, there's no moisture barrier before you put your serum on, you actually are going to hurt your skin. You'll age your skin. Hyaluronic serum will start to absorb any moisture. It will latch onto anything, that molecule, and basically dehydrate your face, causing wrinkles. And so there's that. (laughs) Make sure if you're using a hyaluronic serum, you have some sort of moisture on your face, a rose water, a micellar water, something. Uh, Otherwise, you're going to dehydrate your face. Thank you for that review, Laura Michelle, my new bestie. (laughs) Where are you at, Laura Michelle? Where in the country are you? Are you in L.A.? Let's go hang out at the cemetery. (laughs) Let's go do a cemetery walk. And that's the perfect place to leave this week's podcast. I hope you have a beautiful weekend ahead. Go hug the ones you love a little bit harder. Send that text to a friend that you haven't connected with in a while. Have yourself a delicious margarita, a spiced cider perhaps. Enjoy yourself. Watch a movie. Apply your serums. But don't forget to drink your water, puta. we We love love you you, and we're out bye bye guys